This is Coach Chris Holtman. You're listening to Drive the Lane Podcast. Welcome back to Drive the Lane. It's an exciting time over here at Drive the Lane. We're talking all basketball on this episode. We're assuming Ohio State beat Penn State. That's how early we are recording this to talk basketball. But we jump into a college basketball preview. We give you a lot of info about our live show, which is happening at the Butcher's Tap in Chicago this Friday, where we'll be doing a lot of content and a lot of talk on the Ohio State Northwestern game. So that's where you'll get your football talk. But before we get to all that, we got to hit you with the presenting sponsor spiel. You know it. We love it. Our friends over at Brain Fuel. Okay. And guess what? You can get a discount at Brain Fuel at B R E I N F U E L.com, promo code DTL15 for 15% off. But hey, what's Brain Fuel? What am I going to do with this discount code? Brain Fuel. It's not an energy drink, okay? It's not your average cup of coffee. It is a mental performance drink. You drink it, it keeps you going the whole day. I personally, I'm going for a cup of coffee number two at like, or sorry, number four at like two o'clock. All right, Brain Fuel, you drink a Brain Fuel at 7 a.m., you are good for the whole entire work day. Or you're good for the whole entire basketball game if you're Spencer Dinwiddie, Io DeSumo, or Marcus Smart. They are big drinkers. They are brain fuel athletes. Joey, we're going to need some brain fuel to get through the live show, I think. Oh, absolutely. And when you get to that live show, you'll be able to try some brain fuel if you haven't had the luxury of trying one of the ridiculously delicious new flavors that they have. Um, there'll be plenty of brain fuel to give, a, to, to give yourself a go at uh, at the live show at Butcher's Tap on November 4th. I tweeted about it today. I am so unbelievably excited. I guess it's a little bit different for me because I'm in Columbus. I'm going to Chicago. I'm going to the football game the next day. Well, Andrew is too, but like, I'm just, I just can't wait to be there and be it's the Ohio state fans are different when they're in a different city. They are like, you know, they don't live it as much, right? It's they, they want to be there they're not surrounded by other Buckeyes. Um, so it's so exciting. I mean, like our, I guess we should announce the guests on the show, right? I mean, yeah. So we have two 98% confirmed guests and they're both former guests on the show, Nicole Auerbach and our best friend besides Tyvis, Joshua Perry. They will both be there in person. May have a couple other people on the phone, may have a couple other people that pop up on stage. You know, I think all former guests potentially, but it sounds like Joshua Perry and Nicole Auerbach are locked in so come, there's no tickets, nothing, no cover. Just come to the Butcher's Tap from 6.30 to 8.30. Get some Brain Fuel. If you want to get Brain Fuel between now and then, go to brainfuel.com, B-R-E-I-N-F-U-E-L.com, promo code DTL15. The live show is going to be a lot of fun, but I don't think it's going to be as much fun as college basketball and this year's college basketball season. Whew. We are in the speculation period where there's teams in the top 25 that will no longer be there. There's players returning that are projected to be the top players in the country, top players in the draft. We're all going to look wrong in a few months, but we're going to try to show you what we know or what we think we know. A couple names off the top that are coming back you should be excited about. Oscar Shibway, Drew Timmy, Armando Baycott. Marcus Sasser, Hunter Dickinson, 
Joey's not going to like this, but Trace Jackson Davis, he is the front runner, not just for Big Ten Player of the Year, potentially Player of the Year. People are very, very excited about him in the Big Ten. But interesting enough, no Big Ten team ranked in the top 10 this year to start the season. I think it was the first time that's happened since like 1977. Yeah, crazy. So, Joey, the first question I want to ask you is from looking at this at a national standpoint, who are your like, and we're not going to talk Big Ten yet because the AP poll is telling us not to, who are your like, these are the teams you need to watch. These are the guys that have a chance to like really be talked about this year. I think that it's so funny that we're at the point where every single year you have to like start with Gonzaga. Gonzaga returns a ton. You said Drew Timmy, right? I mean, like he is arguably the best player in the country and he's returning. Um, But they're in contention for the national championship each and every year. And it has nothing to do with the conference they're in. People uh, poo poo them all the time for being in the West coast conference. But listen, first of all, the teams are pretty solid in there. Now you talk about St. Mary's and, even San Francisco was great last year, and uh, obviously BYU as well. They play a national, incredible schedule. Um, you know, they, they, they have to have the toughest non-conference in the country because their conference schedule is so soft, but um, that's the first team that I, I think of. The second team is North Carolina, and it just so happens that those guys are, are one and two, uh, but North Carolina returns just about everybody. They lost in the national championship when they should have won, and – they, I mean, they're just top to bottom, the deepest team probably in the country, especially the best starting five. Um, so that combo is lethal. I think that um, Armando Baycott is going to push for first team All-Americans, going to push for national player of the year. Those are the first two teams I think of. You got to mention Houston as well. I mean, yeah, Houston, it's, it's different, right? Because they, um, are a little bit more under the radar, but they play a style of basketball that is tough, hard-nosed defense with a great coach, and they return the best guard in the country, Sasser, that Andrew already talked about. Um, If you go down the list a little bit more, some of the other teams that excite me, um, Creighton, probably the best point guard in the country, Nemhard, uh, Arkansas, they just keep bringing in new transfers. Alabama maybe has the best freshman in the country, uh, Brandon Miller that everybody's talking about. and then one team that I think is just so incredibly under the radar that nobody is talking about Missouri and we won't talk about Illinois because we'll save that for the big time, but they are as talented as just about any team in the country. I think so. That's, that's a few teams, some players sprinkled in there that, that, uh, that catch my interest. So the new thing that everyone's doing this year is like the newcomer, best newcomer, like best guy in a new spot because there's so many transfers. So yes, there's so many freshmen coming in, but there's also so many transfers, probably the most ever this year. I'm sure every year will be more than, than the previous year. My question to you, do you think the most impactful new person in a new place will be a freshman or a transfer? Because you of all people, Joey, you know how just absolutely impactful a transfer could be, but then you see a uh, Malachi Branham that all of a sudden, you know, you weren't expecting what he did last year at Ohio state. So, you know, that question I posed to you. Um, wow. Uh, uh, gun to my head. I'm going to say a transfer just because there are so many transfers and freshmen are so hit or miss. I don't know if there's a freshman that's added to a team that makes them a national championship contender, but I definitely think that there are, transfers that do right i mean like 
think about I was just thinking about guys that Ohio State missed on, like Nigel Pack, who uh, went to Miami, um, Kendrick Davis, who was SMU, is now at Memphis. He's like the best point guard maybe in the country. I've said that a few times already. Uh, uh, th- like the kid that went from Iowa State to transfer to Texas, Tyrese Hunter. Um, I mean, that dude is a stud. I know that Missouri got an incredible transfer too, right, from Missouri State. Um, the guy that went from Texas Tech to Kansas, uh, McCuller. Um, the guy that went from Moorhead State to Auburn. Um, his name's escaping me. Johnny Broom. Um, there's just so many. And what's really funny is that Ohio State has a ton of incredible transfers too, which we'll get to obviously. But the answer is a transfer will. Whether it's one of those guys or a guy that I didn't mention, I think that the experience, the seniority, been there, done that, is more valuable to create a team that's going to win their conference or make a Final Four or win the national championship versus like a team that – um, you know, the guy's just going to show up and score 20 and be the best player, but they do nothing, you know? So uh, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with that sort of newcomer versus uh freshman. A couple freshmen to watch Nick Smith, Arkansas, Derek Whitehead, Duke. Oh, can't believe Duke has a bunch of names on here. Derek Lively, Duke, you know? Yeah. Every year, it's a combination of freshmen that really make a big difference. I, I think I agree with you. Like, if you get one, the number one recruit and nothing else, you know, what do you have around that guy already? But transfer, you could get a big transfer into the pieces you already have there, and that could be just just such, such you know, a big it's, difference. It's really like getting a free agent versus a draft pick. You know what I mean? That's what it's, that's what it's turned into, right? Getting a free agent – you can go out to the transfer market and be like, we need more shooting. You know, we already have, we know what freshmen are coming in. We know what return guys are returning. We need to go get a shooter versus when you're drafting, you're just going to draft off of potential more often than not. You're going to pick the best guy available, how much potential he has for the future. Not necessarily, you know, unless you're like the warriors, what guy can we plug in there and um, help us win a championship? And in turn, that guy is not going to be the guy Whereas the free agent, like a DeMar DeRozan comes in and he's the guy, you know? So um, yeah, it's this, it's, it's a similar example for what you're saying. I do think that if you told me a recruiting class versus one transfer, then it's different. You know, like Duke's recruiting class is more valuable than Nigel Pack at Miami. Um, so yeah, it, it's in which Nigel Pack is funny because he got paid like a hundred thousand dollars to go there, which is awesome. I love that. Um, something Ohio State at the time couldn't compete with, but um, they had the guy who wanted to transfer because he wasn't going to pay enough at Miami too, which is a whole different deal. But yes, that's a long-winded answer for for your question. So, as as we move over to the Big Ten, and feel free to stop me if you have anything else national that that you want to touch on. But as we move over to the Big Ten, a lot of interesting things going on in the big 10 the top players you know are are changing there's a couple guys last year who weren't you know quote unquote top players enough to leave for the draft that are back the eds the dickinson's the trace jackson davises a lot of transfers coming in not really a sure fire this is the team that's going to win the big 10 which it's now become indiana's going to win the big 10 which when do you think the last time the team who was in the play-in game the previous year was just slated in as the best team in the Big Ten? No doubt. So so to you, just what are what are some of your initial Big Ten thoughts? I think, first of all, it's wide open. Um, 
there are a lot of teams that you, there are a lot of unknowns, whether it's Ohio state, whether it's Maryland, whether it's Rutgers, there are teams that are solid teams that have unknowns that can make them irrelevant or incredibly relevant. I think that they're and Illinois is like the number one, like they are all new guys, role players, now stars, transfers, um, as, as well as Ohio state. Um, but that's first and foremost, I think it's just wide, wide open. Um, and then I think beyond that, it, it's funny that the Big Ten has been turning into – the Big Ten of old was like guards run the Big Ten. You know what I mean? Like Trey Burke and Aaron Kraft and Yogi Ferrell and uh, um, uh, what's his name? The uh, guy from Maryland. Whatever. I forget. Mellow Trimble. Um, like guards run the Big Ten. You know what I mean? And now it's turning more into – and there were always great big men, but now it's like the big men are – unbelievable in the big 10 they each big man each starting center each power forward has an, an opportunity to be a first team second team guy in the big 10 and compete for like an all-american slot because the best big 10 the best the best big in the big 10 is one of the if not the best big in the country now um and obviously you mentioned the guys but that's trace jackson davis that's zach Eady, that's hunter dickinson you know even like throwing a zed key in there like there are really really good returning big guys and even from teams that you wouldn't even think about like omar Rui on Rutgers is great uh, michigan state always has great big men uh so it's and i'm probably forgetting guys as well uh Fabrazza or whatever his name is on iowa is was a really really good player for them last year so that's what sticks out to me in the big 10 is number one it's wide open number two the bigs just run the conference um and if a big man is not player of the year. I'll be very, very surprised. So a lot of experts, scouts, whatever you want to call them, NBA scouts, college basketball experts, everyone has just decided, you know, Keegan Murray was a, was a top five pick. He was unbelievable last year. Now for sure, Chris Murray is going to do the same. He's the breakout player. He's the breakout player. Right. Fair to him, unfair to him. I mean, he has to have like literally the greatest season ever to to live up. To, so let, let me frame it like this. Yeah. Whose expectations do you think will be higher, harder to live up to? Indiana's expectations as a team or Chris Murray's expectations as an individual? And let's just take a second to realize how good of a question that was. Yeah, great question, Andrew. I don't think the answer is not even close. Indiana's expectations are way harder to live up to because Chris Murray is not expected to be the player of the year. He's just expected to be Iowa's best player. Um, and I, first of all, he came on so strong at the end. I do think that, I mean, his game is so similar to his brothers too. Like he, he, he will fit seamlessly into becoming the best player to go to guy on Iowa. Um, I believe in him. I do think the hype is a lot. I, st- I mean, how could it not be? But um Indiana's expectations are incredibly high for a team that has done nothing in, you know, since my freshman year in college. Um, I mean, they've done nothing. They just made the tournament for the first time that I can remember and they got murdered in the round of 64. So yes, they return a ton. Yes. Trace Jackson Davis is incredible. Yes. They have an awesome recruiting class but you got to prove something to me first. Me personally, you got to prove something to me. Um, should they be the favorite in the big time? Sure. That's fine. I just, I, I gun to my head. I don't think they're going to win it. Um, that's just how I feel. Um, 
their expectations are so, so high. And could they meet them? Absolutely. They could, but Holy cow. It's like, I, I mean, when is the last time that a team that did nothing had expectations and met or exceeded the expectations? Like never, that yeah. never ever happens. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a situation where they don't win the big 10 and still meet expectations because we know the big 10 is right. Totally. Is so hard to win. And, and you don't need to win the big 10 regular season to get into the tournament. You don't need to win the big 10 regular season to be player of the year. You know, it's almost like Trace Jackson, like them coming in third in the Big Ten, but Trace Jackson Davis being the runaway Big Ten player of the year, let's say, like that would probably be meeting expectations. So there's a lot of different things that could happen that to means, me. Maybe that means he's shooting shots outside of the lane. Right. Um, but you, he's tough to guard when he uh, hashtag drives the lane. Um, we're not gonna, we're not gonna hit, we're not gonna hit every single Big Ten team because you know we are still an Ohio State podcast, but. I know there were a few you wanted to talk about. We just talked about Indiana. We'll, we'll definitely talk about Michigan, but you, you you definitely wanted to touch on Illinois. Illinois has become kind of like the staple of Big Ten basketball for the last few years. You know, you get your other teams mixed in. Michigan, no matter how they are in the regular season, good or bad, they make a run. But Illinois has become like this is – the Midwest school to go to and, and no longer, if you, if you like live in Illinois, are you brushing off Illinois, which felt like it happened for a few years. So Joey, Illinois, take it away. Well, first of all, they're a football school now. Um, so True. that's the real point. And I can't wait for Cause me and Andrew, obviously we, we just have so many friends that went to Illinois and it's just, it's kind of fun to have people who care about sports, college sports in our life again, because as Ohio state fans, it's like, just a different league, which is great. But um, yeah, so Bless you. Uh, thanks. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Ohio State will be playing them in, in the Big Ten Championship, possibly in football, which is funny. But first and foremost, they are definitely a basketball school. And I, Brad Underwood has said this. I feel the same way. This is the most talented team he's had. Um, I'm going to sneeze again. Bless you. Sorry for the listeners who are listening. Probably was really loud. Sorry. Um, I feel like I'm going to sneeze again, but I won't. I'll fight through it. Um, Illinois' roster is incredibly talented. They have the two two of the best, if not the best, transfers in the entire conference in Matthew Meyer and Terrence Shannon. Um, I think Terrence Shannon transferring him instantly makes him a top seven player in the entire league. Um, they have guys returning. <laughs> that contributed last year on an incredibly solid team. Um, the question is going to be besides Terrence Shannon, what does the guard play look like? They have that freshman Sky Clark, who's incredible, um, but he's coming off like knee surgery and he's a freshman. So who knows what's going to happen? Um, they've got incredible length, incredible athleticism, incredible size. It's just this team has never played together. So I think their floor is really, really high because of the talent and the coaching and he underwood has proven that number two he, there's two things he can do recruit and coach in the regular season um the postseason is obviously where illinois fans are a little bit upset like ohio state fans um but he can recruit and he can coach in the regular season so their floor is super high because they're super talented and they're going to win games in the regular season the ceiling is also incredibly high because they have incredible talent. So it's just going to be a matter of what the pieces of the puzzle look like together. That's going to determine how successful they are. 
But like, I am so bullish on Illinois. I think they are, they're my favorite to win the conference. That's who I would pick. That's who I would bet on if I were you. Um, that's who I think will win the big 10. I, I think they are, have the most talented roster and a proven coaching staff that is, I mean, they've done it before. They've won regular season championships already and shout out Brandon Lieb because he went to my high school and he's on the team. So there's kind of a, a consensus around the big 10 that Indiana is going to be really good. Illinois is going to be really good. Michigan's going to be really good. Dickinson coming back and just, they're always good. They always figure it out. Like, Dickinson could have left after his freshman year and is still here playing. And no one thinks he's won't, you know, get a shot in the NBA. Like, it's not like a, a Kofi thing where people are like, he's not an NBA player or a Luca Garza guy. Like he's going to come back and win big 10 player of the year, but don't like people think he will be an NBA guy. So when you, every year in the big 10, it's like, there's three teams that are the, three of the top four seeds in the big 10 tournament, but then there's usually like a surprise team that pretty early on in the season, you can tell, okay, this is one of the best teams, maybe not just in the big 10 in the country. Last year, it was um, Wisconsin. The year before that, it was Ohio state. Remember they got all the way up to, you know, number four in the country. So in your eyes, it's kind of a two-part question. The first one is, who do you think has potential to be that, you know, fourth or fifth really, really good Big Ten team? And then who's kind of like a sleeper team that might not be, you know, a top four seed, but is not a first round, you know, where there's only four teams game in the Big Ten that may be projected. And we can start with the first one of who's like your, you know, sleeping giant versus just sleeper. Yeah, so... I I'm going to try and not intertwine these because I think they're pretty similar, but I would say the, the overall, my sleeper is Rutgers. Um, I like sleeper as in like fight for a top four seat sleeper. Um, I, I think Rutgers returns enough. I think their coach is the most underrated coach in the entire conference in Peichel. Um I think that they have really solid recruits. I think that they have a huge home court advantage. The rack is really tough to play and win in. Um, so for that reason, I think that they are sneaky good, be like a six to four in that range seed. The team that I think that's going to surprise the most people is Maryland. I think that Maryland, the coach that they got, is incredible. Kevin Willard is a really, really, really good coach. There's no doubt about it. Um, when you combine that with them having a team last year that underperformed, but because of that had the ability to play a lot of their young guys, like the guys that were going to be back um, and have a ton of success doing that. I think there are shades of Ohio state's team. When I, my junior year, when Holtman got there, New coach from the Big East with an overhauled roster, but with really, really good players. A guy like Dante Scott coming back, who everybody knows is a great stretch for in the Big Ten. You combine that with the young guys like Hakeem Hart and Julian Reese, who were major contributors on the team last year. And then you also have, you go to the transfer portal and you get two great, great guards. And Donald Carey from Georgetown and one of the best guards in the entire transfer portal, young from Charlotte, Jameer Young, um, to lead the team. And, uh, I mean, the dude averaged close to 20 points a game at Charlotte. Uh, I think that 
they have a lot of new pieces, just like a lot of teams in the big, just like every team in college basketball, really. But Maryland is sneaky to where, yeah, they could make the tournament when they're not supposed to, but they could also be in that Wisconsin category of like, holy cow, they might win the Big Ten accidentally. You know what I mean? So that those are the two teams that, and Rutgers is a is a common theme. Everybody fucking loves Rutgers, uh, which how could you not? I mean, I love Rutgers because um, they're used to be harmless, but now they're harmful. I think that they have a real chance to make some noise. Um, and we haven't even talked about Ohio State. Truly, I, I feel like Ohio State is on the same level. I know you're probably going to ask that as we move into talking well, about the two because that's what people care about. But, like, they have the shades of every team that we've talked about, brand new, great coach, guys who have contributed at Ohio State, guys who are coming in, who are studs elsewhere. Like, I haven't mentioned them on purpose, everybody. That's that's all I'm saying. Yeah. So I, we'll jump to Ohio State, and ju- just to start things off, just to get everyone up to speed, because if you're a diehard football fan and you listen to us to find out about basketball, all right, EJ Liddell is gone. Malachi Branham is gone. Kyle Young, unfortunately, will not be returning for his 12th season. He is gone. Jamari Wheeler is gone. Justin Arns is gone. Michi Johnson is gone. Those last two, you may say, hey, they weren't ginormous contributors last year, but they were big, big, big parts of the rotation. I mean, a lot, a lot, a lot of their rotation is gone. It's really just Zed Key and Eugene Brown that that played last year that are back. Um, Obviously, Justice is hopefully going to be healthy and play the whole year. Um, and they have a bunch of newcomers, like every team in the country, as you mes- mentioned. Isaac. Well, they have more than just you. I mean, this. They have a lot. But Isaac Likely transferred from Oklahoma State. Sources tell me he prefers to be called Ice. I wouldn't want to be the guy not calling him Ice. Sean McNeil transferred from West Virginia. Tanner Holden transferred from Wright State. There's a lot. So yes, I am reading it off a list. Not because I don't know about the team, because I don't want to forget anyone. And then three incoming freshmen, Bryce Sensabaugh, Bruce Thornton, Roddy Gale Jr., um, who I think it was his birthday today. Happy birthday. Um, or maybe it was just a newcomer. They have five freshmen. They have five freshmen. Yeah, five freshmen. But, you know, a few, a few of them aren't projected to contribute as much. Right, so, just, I'm just just yeah. an Ohio State podcast, just clearing everything up. Um, th- real quick, I want to give a quick blurb. I think this is, you know, potential to be a really good team. Most people are like, hey, they could be anywhere from three to ten. Like, I think this roster, not with Holtman, is a completely different season. Say what you want about, you know, Holtman not getting in Sweet 16. He gets to the tournament, and he's good in Big Ten play. But I will turn it over to you. I think a good place to start is who do you project to be, you know, week or game one starting lineup? And that will give us a good place to start. Yeah, I do want to say just an overarching Ohio State statement before we kind of dive into it. You touched on it. I think Ohio State fans need to realize that Coach Holman gets to the Big Ten, tur- gets to the NCAA tournament and wins every single year, it seems like. I mean, it's just facts. And that's something to not take lightly. Um, I think that just like you said, he is a major asset for this team in making sure that everybody meshes. Um, and the truth of the matter is Ohio state is going to be a very, very fun team. Whatever that means, who knows? Does that mean they're frisky and they can lose to anybody and beat anybody? Does it mean that they are upper echelon in the big 10 fighting for a, uh, a regular season championship and a top four seed all year? That, is, that remains to be seen, but they will be a very fun team. 
as we all know, Coach Holman is going to go with the older guys to start. Um, I would imagine the opening night starting lineup is Mr. Ice himself, Isaac Likely at the one, Justice Suing, Eugene Brown, Zed Key, and I mean, it could be Tanner Holden. It could be, uh, there's a lot of different, I, I, I would think that they'd probably start like Sean McNeil at the two maybe in there. Um, but I, I, the first lineup is not going to be the last lineup in March, which it never is. But I would think it would be Isaac Likely, Ice, don't call him Isaac, Justice Suing, Zed Key, Eugene Brown. Those four are locked in there. Is Tanner Holden going to start? Is Sean McNeil going to start? Is one of the freshmen going to start? That, that fifth spot is kind of up for grabs. If you gun to my head right now, I've said gun to my head a few times, I, I think they're going to put like Sean McNeil, a guy who's been there, experienced guy who can shoot the lights out. I think he fits in better with those four guys um, and, and they roll from there. I, I don't, I think that the best player for Ohio state this year isn't one of the guys that I named also. Uh, I mean, I think that Tanner Holden's going to be incredible. Justice Suings at key. They're going to be awesome. But I think Bryce Sensabaugh freshman is going to be Ohio state's best player this year. I think he's going to be the most fun, the most exciting but not start. Not at first, just because that's just how it works. Yeah, uh, I, I truly think he's has so much Malachi Branham in him that he's going to contribute and play, and you're going to see flashes of it, and then all of a sudden it's going to click, and you're going to be like, holy cow, this guy's a first-team, all-freshman, Big Ten guy. I mean, the dude won the three-point contest for us, and I was a judge in the dunk contest. He should have won the dunk contest too. Um, so – he's just a stud when I interviewed Holtman on the radio months ago I asked him who's going to be my favorite player he said Bryce Sensabaugh and then Bryce Sensabaugh goes out in the in the secret scrimmage and leads the entire game in scoring so uh I know I named a lot of guys um there are a lot of guys there are a few guys that I didn't mention that are going to be huge contributors also um but yeah I I truly I'm so high on Bryce Sensabaugh and I'm high on this this team, there are 10 guys that are super talented that are all going to contribute, that are all going to play. As the season goes on, it'll go from 10 to 9 to 8, as every team does in March. Maybe it's 7. Um, but, like, you think about it, and you said it from the jump, Ohio State, yes, every team has a lot of new guys. But Ohio State, even their returning guys are new guys. Justice Suing is supposed to be the best player. He didn't play last year. It's like getting a great free agent that was out the whole year before. Right. It's like when Clay Thompson comes back to the Warriors, it's like, uh, so I'm most excited. They're, they're returning. They're returning 13 points per game from last year. I mean, you can points per game. And I would think that it is just, I mean, I, I, you go, you can't count justice. So it's Zed key and Eugene Brown. Right. It's like five and eight. Yeah. So, and it's not 13, like it, it's yeah. five and eight. So my, my, you know, I usually play more devil's advocate than you because even though I've been, as you should, even though I've been treated as a, as a member of the program, I am not a member of the program. Um, my concern for the team would be size. And not only is it the starting lineup, but, you know, I didn't mention uh, Felix Akbara, who's coming off the bench, who's the tallest guy by far at the big number 611 probably closer to 7 in shoes like if he's not ready to go you're you're in trouble size wise and then if he's not ready to go and Zed Key's in foul trouble which is going to happen in the Big 10 
you're you're in trouble size wise. This is not the year in the Big Ten to be undersized, and you don't have EJ Liddell at the four who makes up for his lack of size and the team's lack of size with his athleticism. Now you could say the other teams won't be able to, you know, keep up with them speed wise, quickness wise. You could say Eugene Brown can guard bigger than he is, but I'm talking more of like a a scoring and rebounding from your four and five position. Yeah. I think that those are all totally true and fair points. The rest of Buckeye nation consistently on Twitter is like, where is our seven foot five guys? Like we want true centers. Truth of the matter is Holman doesn't, that's just not how he rolls. He Felix is a big body. And what, from everything that I'm hearing, he's going to contribute and he's ready to play enough to contribute. I I mean, Buckeyes on the blacktop is not enough to get a real sample of, of how he'll be, but like, he's out there playing free Duncan block it. Like it didn't look like Ibrahima Diallo. You know what I mean? So Zed Key, if he's going to be Zed Key, he's got to play 30 minutes a game. I think Felix Alpar can give us 10 minutes. What I think is most unique about this Ohio State team is they can have lineups where they can switch one through five, which a lot of teams in the Big Ten cannot do. Think about Eugene Brown, can guard every position. You think about Justice Suing, can guard just about every position. Uh, Ice is the best defensive player maybe in the entire conference. Um, So those three guys switching everything causes a ton of issues. Zed Key is not bad on defense as well like he is phenomenal against big men and he can switch on the guards and then you throw in tanner holden in there oh he's six seven long and athletic also you know so we have a bunch of guys bryce sensabaugh and roddy gale i include those guys in there as they get older and more mature we'll be able to do stuff like that as well just based on their size and athleticism also but I think what is unique about this team is the defensive scheme is going to be different than what the other teams face in the big 10, whether Zed keys in there or not, which is great. It could hurt us. Yeah. It could be awesome. But I, I hear what you're saying. It totally could be a problem. It will be a problem at some points, hundred percent, but there are ways to combat it. And I think we got the coaching staff to do it. Yeah. Definitely more worried about the rebounding side of things than the defending side of things. Sure. When you lose EJ Liddell, because yes, justice could switch out and we won't spend too much more time on this. Yes. Justin switches. Yes. Everyone switches, but it's like, all right, now you have your second biggest guy out on the, on the perimeter who's grabbing the rebounds, but it remains to be seen. We we will see what happens. Who knows if, you know, bright sense sensible is going to be pulling down five rebounds a game that changes everything. There's no disguising that you lose a lot with losing EJ Liddell. Like, right. You, I mean, we lost, right. You lose two NBA players. Like, right. Literally. Like that's not, out. that's not and, like a hyperbole, two NBA players. Right. And every time I talk to the coaching staff, they're always like, we're so happy Malachi. Like, that's great that he's in the NBA, but like that, that, that was not the plan. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, so things are getting changed and messed and around. Kyle Young. What? And Kyle Young for rebounding too, but that's no, but, but right. I mean, I'll tell you this, Malachi leaving throws a wrench into things. More freshmen are going to play, which is great. I think the key to everything is the graduate transfer. Isaac likely ice is the, he's going to be the vocal leader on the team. The guys love him Um, from the time that I've spent with him, which has been brief. He, you can tell that he is a infectious personality an awesome positive guy. I think he's going to be the vocal leader, especially on defense and in the locker room. And I wouldn't be surprised if he led the team in rebounds. I think he's going to guard 
the best player every night, whether it's a point guard or a power forward. Um, and I think he's going to lead the team in the rebounds. So for what it's worth, he averaged five and a half rebounds per game last year. Zed key 5.6. That's a great point by you. Those are probably the two candidates to, to lead the team in rebounding. I guess Eugene Brown's increased numbers. You could see an in increase in rebounding. Eugene Brown last year, every time he played me and you were like, we need more Eugene Brown minutes, but then it's like, where do they, where do they come from? Yeah. It's, it's, it's an interesting dynamic this year because we'll wait to see how the games play out, but we needed Eugene Brown minutes last year because we had enough offense. Yeah. We had Zed, we had EJ, we had Malachi, we had enough offense. Now, now it's like, okay, we don't know who the go-to guy is in Ohio state, but we know what we're getting out of Eugene Brown. We know hopefully he's going to make open shots and hopefully he's going to guard the best player on rebound. We know we're getting out of him. It's now it's okay. Is that more valuable than a Roddy Gale, Bryce sensible who can give us 14 points, you know? So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Um, I know we didn't really talk about the close scrimmage, but like, apparently we stunk, which is fine. I mean, like I bet Holman played 12 guys. I bet. Uh, I mean, he said it in an interview the other day, this is the most teaching he's done in an off season in his entire career. I, I I am very bullish on this Ohio state team because they're very talented and we have a great coaching staff. And from what I've heard, there are no off the court issues. Everybody loves each other. They all get along great. Um, and that translates into success. So what I'll say is I'm very bullish on Ohio state. I think they're going to be, I, I truly, truly feel like they are underrated and will out. They'll exceed expectations. They'll be a six seed, a five seed in the big time. They'll be a five, six seed in the in the NCAA tournament. Um, what on the on the, the the flip side is be patient. I don't think game one it's going to look very pretty. Game two it's not going to look very pretty. They're figuring out a lot of stuff, guys. Sean McNeil was a gunslinger who every time he touched the ball shot it. Is that going to be his role on Ohio State? Uh, Isaac Likely was the man at Oklahoma State alongside Kate Cunningham, vocal leader. Is he going to be doing that from day one? I think he will, but it's, you know, Zed key is going to be asked to score more and play more and play harder and play more minutes. Um, what's that going to look like? Justice suing didn't play all last year. He's going to be rusty. And then yeah. of course there's the freshman, like freshmen. It takes them a while. Malachi Brandon is the perfect example to get comfortable. So all that to say is be patient with Ohio state this year. I'm very bullish on them. I don't know exactly how you feel, Andrew, but, I, my expectations are NCAA tournament compete for a sweet 16. It's, it's no yeah. different than the other year. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I think no matter who the team is, that's always the expectations. Maybe you have a, like if Malachi came back this year, then you're probably like expectations are they can be the best team in the big 10. He's big. Oh, so like final four. Yeah. Just like Indiana's expectations every year is probably, you know, compete in the big 10, make it to the sweet 16 this year. There's much higher expectations. I, when I think of like X factors, I kind of think of like surprises or like not givens. Like I think they will struggle to rebound. I don't think the X factor is rebounding, like something that they're probably going to struggle with or probably be good at. I think the X factor is, can you shoot better than last year from three? Have to. Which, yep. which just looking at players and percentages this year versus last year, you would expect to, you know, three of your starters last year, 
Unfortunately, Justin Arns was not great from three last year. Jamari Wheeler, his thing by all means is not three. I mean, when he was, made a ton, which is crazy. Right. right. But it was like Kyle Young is taking and making threes and he has to. Like that was EJ Liddell, his strong suit was not threes. He knocked down a bunch last year. Right. right? And, then, and then you add guys like Sean McNeil and Tanner Holden, which that's exactly. Exactly. So I think, and then, so I think three point shooting is a big thing. Slash, can the transfers gel and mesh? And contribute and can um, Tanner Holden contribute more than Cedric Russell because that was a big thing too was this transfers coming in that can that can shoot from a mid-major scored a lot at the mid-major I mean he averaged 20 points per game last year we were like Dwayne's replacement Cedric Russell he averaged 18 so like can you get close to 10 12 15 from this transfer guy that averaged 20 which is factored into shooting and then also like just suing like are we going to see a a jump in justice suing like that would be the we biggest need, we just we just need a justice suing who's on the court and contributing right but what if he makes a jump from two years ago then it's like holy shit this is well he was i've said it a hundred times on the show he was supposed to be the guy last year right ej liddell's the best player and malachi branham was like uh yeah he's super talented he'll contribute the offense was supposed to run through justice suing and then he was just poof gone yeah, so I expect to see that this year. And so then let's let's maybe that's more of an maybe it's it's not an X factor or a potential surprise. It's like this guy needs to be for them to be the team they, they want to be. Yeah. Totally. So expectations I think are different than ceiling and floor. I think the ceiling is lower than the past few years, but it doesn't change. Or the 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 floor is lower than the last few years. Sure. Feeling, I guess, technically not because you win two games in the tournament and feeling is weird because because yeah. feeling. What I'm saying is what I'm saying is the the floor is lower, but the expectations have not changed. Yeah, the expectations will never change. Um, <laughs> once Ohio State wins, uh, gets the Sweet Sixteen, maybe expectations will change, but. Uh, it'll be an interesting year. There's a lot to learn. I think that a lot of guys are just, you know, they have young budding Ohio state careers. And then you combine that with guys that it's like, this is their last dance. I think that's a recipe for success. That's teams are winning in March with that recipe. So um, we shall see, I, I guess, Andrew, just to throw a question back at you before we finish kind of the big 10 Ohio state wrap up. Do you want to throw out who you think, Big Ten Player of the Year, Freshman of the Year, Coach of the Year. Do you have any? Who's going to win it? You have any picks for me? Yeah, I, I, I guess. I guess Big Ten Player of the Year. I'm going to go with. I, I think it's going to be Hunter Dickinson because I think expectations is such a big thing. Like uh, Trace Jackson Davis has to be so 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 good this year for voters to be like this consensus preseason big 10 player of the year is the big 10 player of the year. And I think Dickinson a little bit is like, Hey, I wasn't talked about as much last year. I wasn't talked about as much going into this season. So like he might surprise people without doing much different than he's done his first two years, I guess, remember people or remind people more than surprise people. So I'm going to pick Dickinson coach of the year. I'm not going to give a, a specific coach, but I think it's whoever isn't expected to be a top four team in the big 10. Oh, wow. Bold. No, no, but I'm saying, like, it's not going to just be Indiana's the best team, uh, Woodson's coach of the year. It's not just going to be, you know, Michigan's good, Juwan Howard's coach of the year. Like, I hear you. Someone will exceed expectations and, and win coach of the year. That could be Chris Holtman. That could be – yeah, I mean, it could be 
you know, Steve Michael pounding nails. It could be sure, but I, I, it's I not going to be. It's not going to be a top two. It's not going to be the winner of the Big Ten has the coach of the year. Right, right. I I hear you. I would quickly to rattle off mine. I feel like Kevin Willard, my coach of the year, just because that's fun and different. It's exactly what you're saying. Um, player of the year, I'm going to go. Not Trace Jackson Davis, not Hunter Dickinson, not Zach Eady. I think like Terrence Shannon wins. I, th- I just something about that kid. Um, I think he's incredible. Um, and then uh, I think Illinois is going to win the Big Ten. And freshman of the year is that that freshman from uh, Indiana is like a McDonald's All American stud. So I'll go with him for freshman of the year. Um, but yeah, I. Bryce Sensabaugh could definitely win freshman of the year too. Blow back to back Ohio State freshman of the year. Sure, why not? Yeah. Um, we didn't talk about Northwestern, but Boo Booey coming back, who was awesome last year, should have a really good year. Another guy that'll just give Ohio State trouble whenever they play him because it's always wow. guys and and teams like that, literally them last year. Anything else before we get out of here? This this is a super, super fun, exciting episode for us to do. We obviously I've been waiting to do a basketball preview. We obviously want you to go to B-R-E-I-N-F-U-E-L.com, get some brain fuel. We obviously want you to listen to Denny, who does the intro and outro. But, Joey, anything else before we see and hear from everyone at the live show Friday night at the Butcher's Tap? I got nothing. I got nothing. I'm, I'm, we'll see you at the live show. I can't be more excited about that. I feel like that is kicking off basketball season, really, in a sense. So. That'll be really fun. Um, for those who can't attend, I think we've mentioned this. It'll be recorded, fingers crossed. So we will be releasing the live show after. It'll just be a little bit funny because we'll be talking about the Northwestern game and the game will already have happened and it'll be a 90-point win and all that stuff. Um, but, yeah, that's all I got, Andrew. That's all I got. Great episode. Buckle up. Drive the lane. We'll see you at the live show. Go Buckeyes. Beat Penn State, beat as in we already did, beaten, and then beaten, beaten. Right, beat Penn State as in we beat Penn State, and then beat Northwestern. Go ahead and spit some bars, but you're probably just gonna mumble.
Cause I'm swiping all their bitties while they swiping right up bumble. And your girl, he calls me daddy, but she only calls you uncle. But no, we not related, homie. 